Hey guys, Dylan here, producer of the Ecommerce Alley podcast. Now, before we get into this episode, I wanted to let you know about a special offer that we are giving all of our podcast listeners. If you scroll down below this episode in the show notes, you'll find a link to a special podcast listener deal on our scientific e-commerce Facebook ads testing course. Now, normally this is $27, but we're going to give you a special link to grab it for only 10 And included with that is a 30-minute ads expert call where we help answer your questions and implement the content. Thank you very much for being a valued listener to our podcast. And now, on to this episode. If you want to go even deeper and get exclusive access to additional resources, weekly live streams, and a community of growth-minded e-commerce business owners, then you need to join the e-commerce Alley Facebook group by going to alleypodcast.com slash group. There's a bit more than 2,000 of us there, and I'd love to see you there as well. This episode is going to be a little bit different um, because I'm going to be doing some uh, some writing here on my iPad, and we're going to be talking about creatives. Yes, I know you know creatives are important, but the question is, should we go all in on creatives? And if so, what type? And how do we uh, how do we know when it's time to improve a creative or move in new creative? What types of creatives can we make? These are a lot of questions that we get all the time. And uh, in our coaching community, we actually did a really big deep dive into this. And I'm going to kind of give you a peek behind the scenes of what we shared, like the philosophies, uh, the strategies we use, and how we elevate our creatives over time so that that way we're not just jumping to these super expensive high production things right out of the gates. And so there are a few different phases that we're going to go through when we're um, determining creatives and we're building these out. Um, but with that said, what we have seen is that creatives have the largest impact on conversion and your ability to scale. So here's the reality. It doesn't matter where you're at in your business. You have to become great at finding, testing, and scaling creative. You have to do it. There is no way around it. No like, oh, Josh, I'm not, I'm not a creative person. I don't know how to do like whatever. Okay, great. Then go hire somebody to do it. But at some point, you either have to acquire the skills to learn how to do something okay or you have to hire someone in order to do something okay. And we're obviously looking for great, but through testing, we'll be able to move through the thresholds. The one thing that many many people do that that, that is really uh, – expensive is to go in with this brilliant idea. You sit around, you brainstorm ideas for creatives, you write this whole script, you then send it out to Billow or some other UGC-based place, and you try to get it made, and then it comes back and you test it, and then it just absolutely flops. Or you go all in and you spend a lot of money hiring a video team and, and you build all this creative and you try to build the most perfect thing and then it doesn't work. And so when I'm talking through creative, I'm actually going to teach you what we call a seed sprout scale framework. So we're going to seed creatives, we're going to then pool the creatives that we've seeded, and we're going to sprout into additional creatives, and we're going to take the outliers within those sprouted creatives, and we're going to move them into a scaling phase. And this is where you're going to have to do a couple different things for those creatives. Now, is, is a just quick reminder here. If you go to YouTube, if you're listening to this audio, I'm going to verbally walk through this. But if you're watching, I would encourage you. I mean, when you're watching, you get, you get a little bit of the visual here. And this is going to really help uh, understand what is uh, what I'm doing and, and maybe give, help it hit the brain centers a little bit different and help you remember a little bit better. First things first, though. You need to become a creative hoarder. 
And what I mean by that is um, you need to screenshot ads that you see and that you like and that you want to model after or you want to come back to and you want to look at. I do this on my phone. This is a great practice. So if you are scrolling on Facebook or Instagram and you see a great ad, it doesn't have to be in the same niche as you. That's totally fine. But if you see a great ad, a great uh, – another store, another brand is running a great ad and you're like, hey, that's awesome. I would love to do something like that. Then screenshot it. Um, if you save it and then take the ad down, you, you can't see it anymore. So I'm a fan of screenshotting them. I have an entire folder of like 400 <laughs> images of ads that I've seen. So you know what happens? Um, I'm able to just go get inspiration right away. So when we go into a creative creation mode, I just go to my folder of screenshots that I've taken. I say, okay, what do we really feel and like what do we want to do? Um, if it is a video, yeah, you do have to like – you could save it and try to go back to it. But ultimately – Get in the habit of hoarding creative. It makes it a lot easier when you go to create these. And then also, um, notice high engagement trends in your social. So if you're if you're running social right now, you're doing anything organically and something's doing really well on TikTok or, or Instagram or Facebook or whatever that is, then take note of that because those could make for great ads. And the final thing I would say is if you're not using Facebook ads library for inspiration, that's another place that's going to make this a lot easier. So as we're kind of going through the seed sprout scale methodology, you're going to be able to really uh, – Gather inspiration so you, you kind of remove the creative block while you're going into actually building. So let's go ahead. Let's dive in. So there, there are kind of three stages that we look at when we're uh, we're looking at creative. And I've already talked about these, so I'm just going to write these in here. So we have the seed stage. We have the sprout stage. And we have the scale stage. Now, each of these are meant to be sequential. We don't want to just jump to scale and think like, oh, we need to go into this really high resource uh, investment right out of the gate. We need to start small and we need to work through the different phases. So let's kind of talk about – let's talk about the seed stage. So in the seed stage, the goal in the seed stage like, – like let's just pretend um, you're Johnny Appleseed, which in the United States, the story of Johnny Appleseed, the guy goes around the United States and he just – Throws tons of apple seeds and plants like a gazillion apple trees. Just pretend like you're Johnny Appleseed. Or better yet, there's actually – I'm going to give you a story here uh, in the Bible. So in the Bible, there's this there's the story about a sower. And the sower goes out to sow his seed. And so some of the sowed seed that he had thrown – that's a tongue twister – fell on the side of the road. And it was trampled by the foot and the bird birds of the air ate it up. And then other seed fell on the rocky soil. And as soon as it grew up, it was withered away because it had no moisture. And then you have this other seed that fell among the thorns and the thorns grew and choked it out. And then you have this seed that fell on good soil and it grew up and it produced a crop. Uh, it says a hundred times as great. I couldn't think of a better parable story to really uh, tie into this. Think of it when you're, when you're seeding creative, your job like that sower, let's call it Johnny Appleseed, right? Is to go throw as much seed as you can all over the place to see where it lands, to see what actually hits on the good soil and grows up and produces a crop a hundred times as great. So to do this, there is the, the goal is essentially to diversify. Diversify. And the reason most ad accounts that I look at are not able to scale like they really want to is because they don't diversify. You go and you created a couple images, 
and uh, different types of images or you go all in on video and there's not a lot of variation and you just test like 20 different things or 10 different things and that's it and, and it's all images or all videos like we have to have a big amount of diversification and i'm going to walk you through types of creative you could do in the modalities of those creatives so the, the the main goal of the seed stage is to diversify all right the main goal is to diversify and when we're doing this it needs to be what we call low resource. This should not be taking a boatload of time when we're testing these, meaning we want to use Campbell. We want to pull from our our, our list of uh, product photography. We want to pull from the archives of our social media. We want to pull uh, from the UGC we already have or pull from uh, the review photos that we already have or pull from the lifestyle photos we have. So we're going to want to pull and use as much that we already have is possible. So the goal when we're in the seed stage is not to go all in on like three creatives because we just know these are going to work. No, that's not what we're doing. We're trying to go wide. We're trying to diversify in creative type and modality. All right. So when we're diversifying, I'm going to write this in diversify. We're going by type and we're going by modality. Right, so type is going to be uh, – it, it's going to be a few different things. I'm going to give you some examples of type. Uh, when we're looking at type, we might be looking at – and let me actually change my pen size here. So we might be looking at um, just a simple classic product shot, right? So let me go classic photo. So classic uh, – Product photo. This is really, really simple. A lot of times it's like white background or pretty pretty plain Jane or colored background and just your product. That's an example of one type. You might go into lifestyle. Hey guys, Dylan here, producer of the e-commerce alley podcast. Just a short interruption here to ask you a quick favor. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the podcast. And if you are, or if you've been a listener for a while, it would mean the world to us if you dropped a review wherever you're listening. We love seeing how this podcast is impacting people's businesses, and it helps this podcast get in the hands of other people who may need it as well. Thank you for leaving a review and for your continued support. Let's get back to the podcast. Hey, thanks for checking out the e-commerce selling podcast. If you've been enjoying this episode so far, it would mean a ton to us if you'd leave us a rating on whatever podcast app you're listening to. And as a token of our appreciation, if you take a screenshot of your review and email it to team at the ecommercealley.com, we're just going to go ahead and shoot you a $10 Amazon gift card just as a thank you. Now, back to the episode. All right, that's great. Pretty common. We have some lifestyle. You might go into um, unboxing or how to set something thing up. So we might have a setup video. Uh, you might go into how-to where you're building creative that's educational. How-to. Uh, a great example of this is there's a brand called Impact Dog Crates. And with Impact Dog Crates, they, uh, they, and they actually have videos that they run where they teach how to crate train your dog. Well, guess what? They're training how to crate the dog. And it's helpful But then in positioning them as an expert in authority. But guess what? We're using their dog crates. So that's a great example. They actually have, from a lifestyle standpoint, and let me say, if you're watching online right now, you'll be able to, to see this. I'm going to scroll down here. 
they have a lifestyle photo and it's this golden retriever is sitting right by a big green dog crate that they sell, which by the way, their dog crates are expensive. They're like $999 starting. So these are really nice high-end dog crates. But in the background, you can actually see a really nice house. Do you think that it's by accident that they're using the most top, one of the most popular dog breeds in the background is a home that is likely an affluent person's home? Not a chance. It is very intentional, but it wasn't that hard of a photo to create. So you can do lifestyle photos, you have unboxing and setups, you have how-tos. You might even lean into product and actions. So product in action and uh, impact dog crate. I love using them as an example. They did this test where they did a weight test and they said, how many grizzly bears can, uh, how many, how much, how much, uh, or can a dog impact dog crate sustain the weight of two grizzly bears? And they just use tires, but they use grizzly bears because it speaks to the outdoorsy kind of people that they often are talking to. And so they did a weight test. So you can kind of see the entire product in action, like this, the, the durability of the product. Um, another way to diversify, another type of creative, and most people do not think of this type, is a memed creative. Using memes. Sometimes this works, sometimes it doesn't. We have someone in our, our coaching community, they have a supplement for, um, for horses. So a supplement for horses. And Ken went and tried all these meme photos. And these meme photos were crushing. I never in a million years would have thought that these funny but relatable horse memes would have done so well, but he was running in some of his campaigns like four, five, six ROAS, and he was just cranking his ad spend. I haven't seen ROAS numbers like that in a pretty good while, but those memes were on fire. You can absolutely use memes. There's another example, and, and if you're watching online, you can kind of see this right now. There's an example of the pod company, and these are like uh, ice boxes or, uh, or, or ice baths uh, that you could buy, and they're a little expensive, but they, they, they created this, uh, they created this, 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 uh, it's like paint, like Microsoft paint. And then it has their product in there. It says, please buy our affordable ice bath. Our marketer quit. <laughs> it looks really, really cringe worthy. And so it's kind of leaning into the humor, leaning into the, the meme style of it. Of course you can go funny with your ads. You can also go testimonial based ads, which, um, I believe most people do wrong. Uh, testimonial-based ads uh, to cold traffic is what I'm talking about. You can do testimonial to retargeting, we see them do okay. But testimonial to cold is a little bit different. And you have to be really intentional with them. And one way that we really like to do this is to in, is to do like an anti-ad is what they're kind of called. And so in, in the example I'm kind of looking at here, this is Oats Overnight. And so they, they went and they did this, this entire campaign. Maybe you've seen these before. But you can go get your worst reviews, like the worst reviews that people put in there. And you can, and you can post the one-star reviews. And oftentimes you'll get this huge relatable uh, factor happening that creates absorbent amounts of engagement. So these are Overnight Oats. And basically it's a strawberries and cream overnight oats bag. And there was a one star and it said verified purchase. And, and you see the, the product there and you see the strawberries and the, the cream behind it. And then there's a one star review on it and it says, it's like eating cardboard, but with more steps. <laughs> and the headline says, you can't please everyone, I guess. And it has thousands of comments, views, and likes. And so this is an example of a testimonial ad that we see do well and that I would recommend testing. Not the whole boring like, oh, here's a screenshot of a five-star review of why you're so great. Everybody expects that. If you're going to cold traffic, let's kind of lean into some unique angles like that. 
You should also test, and this is the final one I'm gonna give you here, comparison. You can test comparison ads of like, hey, the other guys versus us, right? Like big company versus our company, like the big brands versus our brand. And so comparison kind of work, us versus the other guys, it works, it kind of depends on what you're selling. Uh, but if you're selling something in, that is kind of hard to explain, like you have some very nuanced discrepancies of why you're different from other brands, this is a great type of ad that you should diversify and you absolutely should test. Usually it'll have all of your check marks on one side and all the little red X's on the other side, right? Kind of comparing the two in a very, very simple way. And then of course you have before and after, and that's probably the last, actually that would be the last one I'm gonna talk about. Now these are the the core types that we talk about. So we have about ten different types here that we will uh, we will use to diversify. But here's the thing: you might only be doing one or two of these. And so when we're seeding creative, remember the goal is to diversify, to go wide. You may never realize it, but maybe memes out of all types of ads work really well for you, or maybe comparison just crushes it for you, or maybe. Uh, maybe product and actions crush it for you. But if you don't test them, you won't know. And so too often what I see is we take a classic photo or we take a lifestyle photo or we take like one unboxing and we just test those. And that's the type of creative we stick to. So that's the first thing. When we're diversifying, we need to diversify by type. And my advice is that you pick like five and you go test all five. If you can test all of them, go test all of them. But I want you to diversify. Now from there, we also need to diversify in modality. So modality is going to be video and image. Don't go all in on one and don't go all in on the other. You need to test both of these to see what's really going to resonate. Video is often going to have higher CPMs. That doesn't mean it's a bad thing, but you need to test both of them. We have some people that videos, uh, videos actually produce higher click-through rate, but lower quality traffic. And so we need to test both of these. Say, are, am I more of an image brand or am I more of a video brand? Or can I do both of these. So don't just go all in on one. Don't just say, hey, I have images, so I'm only gonna do images because that's the easy thing to do. Spend a little bit of work saying, can I create some slideshows? Can I use Canva to animate some things? Uh, we have someone in our program that sells, um, it's like an air diffuser, it's, 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 it's like a diffuser that you use with essential oils. And all she did was take her graphic and went into Canva and she made the graphic swirl this mist out of it. And that ad, crushed for like six months. She was just running this ad and running this ad and scaling this ad up. We call them super ads. And it just crushed it. But the, the straight image version of it didn't do nearly as well. Just that little swirl of the mist caught the attention and produced a much better result. And I'll tell you why. My, this is my reason, the, my hypothesis is because it shows the product in action. It shows what it's doing. You're seeing the mist come out of it versus you're seeing the, the diffuser sitting right there. So this is the first thing. So the hardest part is usually diversifying, all right? Trying, going wide, trying a lot of different type of creative and then seeing what starts to resonate. Now, one thing I am gonna share here is small differences in creative variation equals small differences in results. So changing the background from red to green of the exact same photo is not going to produce substantial results in your, in your creative. If you have a lifestyle photo and you have a straight on photo shot and then you have one that's kind of to the right of it, that is not very diverse. We are looking for strong contrast when we talk about diversity. We're starting trying to say, hey, how do we make big difference in the types of creatives and, and in the angle of the creative because big 
differences means big differences in results. Small differences, like just like with a headline, we don't wanna just change one word. Like we're trying to optimize for big outlier discrepancies. All right, so remember that. Small differences in creative equals small differences in results. All right, so, so that's the longest and the hardest part, right? How do we diversify and start to figure out what works for us? Once we have seeded a ton of diversified types of content and modalities of that content, we're gonna start to get some data. We're gonna start to say, okay, does video or does creative or uh, image work for me? And then what types work for me? Once we have done that, well, then we're gonna move into this phase of sprouting. So sprouting is simply where we are going to take what we have seeded and we are going to, we're going to expand. We're gonna expand on the things that we've already done. Now we're just saying, how do we get more of this good stuff that's already happening? How do we start to expand on that? Maybe I learned that that video does really well for me. So video does really well for me. Um, and these three types of video do really well for me. So how do I start to sprout off of that? How do I start to expand and continue to get more of what's already working? How do I get more proven creatives? And I'll say this, this can be really simple or this can be really complex, all right? So like you can make expansion more complex or you can really simplify it. So I'll give you some examples of how you can actually do that. So we can expand by simply changing hooks. The very first, and, and if this is great for video, uh, we have a client of ours who, uh, she created a video, she found that the modality of video really resonated for some of their products that they were using. And uh, she had one that she, it was a nice video with voiceover and everything, but we wanted to sprout more of that. So the question is, oh, do we go create 10 more examples? You know, 10 more very similar types of videos like this, or do we change the hook? So she went and she changed, She tested 10 different hooks. She took the back end of the video and she just added five hooks on the front of it, or 10 hooks on the front of it. She tested all of them and two of them crushed the other eight. And then those two started producing better results than all of the other, than even the control, the original one that she had done. And so hooks, if you're doing video, is the very first thing that I'm gonna do to sprout off of that without creating a boatload of work. The next thing you can start to consider is doing voiceovers. You can do voiceovers. If you just have a video that has music behind it and no voiceovers, start to consider that. You can also consider uh, new people. No, if you are, if you are, uh, if you have a, an ideal customer, like let's say it's a, a 45 year old woman and you're talking about skincare and that's your ideal customer and you have someone that did UGC for you or maybe it's you that made this and you're kind of talking and showing it being applied. Well, what if we, and, and that was, it was a blonde a 45 year old, well, why don't we say, okay, let's get uh, a different type of person, like put a new face in there and let's try a brunette. Let, let's try some different types of people, kind of not like official spokespeople that we're, we're paying loads of money to represent our brand, but rather let's just get some different types of content with the exact same script, the exact same type of video, but just new people. That's another simple way we could do it. We can also expand with modality. So this is another thing, right? If we have a video that's doing well, well, let's say, okay, what about this video is doing well? Can we move this into an image? If we have an image that's doing well, can we move this into a video? Are there trends within that? We can also change the setting. So we could change the setting of the actual, uh, where, the, where the, the product is. So like, let's say it's a lifestyle that's doing really, really well. Let's just change this, the setting of the lifestyle. Let's put it in a different background, in a different scenario. And so these are just some ways that we can begin to expand 
on the seeded creative. We've been, we're gonna sprout off. So we have the seed and then we're starting to sprout from that. And when we do this, again, we're trying to remain low resource. We're not going and spending $10,000 on this video and going all in on a million different, like putting a lot of resource into this. We're still in this phase of we're expanding, we're testing, and then once we have really dialed that in, once we have found creative type and modality that has gotten decent results in the beginning and then we've expanded on those and we've gotten more variations, we've sprouted from that, right? And we've gotten better results. Now it is time to move into the scale phase of your creative. And this is where um, you can make this anywhere from, uh, we can make this from like a resource standpoint, we can make this anywhere from low to high resource. So when we're moving into the scale creative phase, we could still do low resource. We have some clients that move into, we call them labs. So we have what we call a scale lab where we teach scaling methodologies and, and campaign structures. And we have people that scale with just square ads. And, or they, they, I'm sorry, they scale with simple image ads. They're able to just move in with simple image ads that sometimes, I was looking at one today, we were coaching going through how we're scaling their campaigns up. And they just had a, a classic lifestyle or a, just a lifestyle photo of their product with someone just holding it on their hand. And it's just outperforming everything. And so they started expanding and trying more of those. And we just found that it's working and working and working. So when we go to the scale phase of creative, they actually didn't really need to do anything expensive. They didn't need to go hire a video firm. And so in that case, it was a low resource to implement that creative and begin really scaling and, 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 and making big uh, campaign swings with that. But on the other end, if you start to expand and you really learn that certain types of videos and this exact script and this exact uh, type and this exact modality is working and you're confident in that, it might warrant you leaning into it and spending more money on it. And this is where we can then have scripted stuff and higher end video. And I want you to think if you're familiar with Harmon Brothers, think of something really high production video. It can be a high resource to do this. But what I'm going to say is when I say scaling creative, it doesn't necessarily mean we have to go spend more time and month, like absorbent amounts of time and money on it and resource. It doesn't have to. You can, but more often than not, I'm not a fan of doing that. I'm so, until you get to a certain point and a certain ad spend, it doesn't necessarily make sense to go do that. And so the seed stage, we're gonna, the goal is diversification. The seeding stage or the sprouting stage, the goal is expanding on the seeds. In this scale stage, the goal is to augment. Is to augment what we already have of those proven creatives. So this is simply the process of take, making something greater by adding to it or enhancing it. And there are three ways that we're going to do this. Three ways we're going to do this. So we're gonna augment it with placements. We're gonna augment it with considering different lengths. So if I have a video, I might say, okay, let's make this a 15 second, a 30 second, a 60 second, a, a, a 90 second. You might consider different lengths here. And then you might also consider different amount of resource, meaning you could uh, you could go a lot higher, spend a lot more money in it, or you could not spend a whole lot of money in it. That is kind of up to you. But these are the three things that we're going to augment. We're gonna augment the placements, and I'm gonna show you all example if you're watching this on, on YouTube. So this is actually an, an AI workshop that we did, 
And when I say the placements, I mean we're gonna try to really make sure that we have square, that we have horizontal, and then we have vertical placements. We wanna make sure that we're meeting the different criteria for Facebook's, Facebook's different placements so we can remove any kind of delivery restrictions that we could experience. Because up until we get to the scaling phase of creative, we're usually running square ads. We run square because it doesn't make sense at the seeding stage and at the expanding stage to go make all all the different variations. Because if I was testing 20 creatives, to go and make all three placements for all 20 creatives doesn't make sense yet because I don't know which of those types and modalities are going to work. But as I elevate them through the three different levels of seeding, sprouting, and then into scaling, now placement does become important because we wanna remove delivery restrictions that we would put on Facebook by only giving them square. We wanna give Facebook the different placements and we also wanna consider, if we're doing video, consider doing different lengths so so that you can also remove uh, delivery restriction on video placements as well. And once we get into this, uh, if you kinda tie this all back together, If we tie this all back together, we have the three stages of seeding, sprouting, and scaling creatives. The goal of seeding is to diversify by type and modality uh, for a low resource. Once we find what works, we move it into the sprouting. We're trying to get, we're trying to sprout off of the things that are now working. And so we expand with hooks, voiceovers, new people, different modalities, and different place settings with those. As we continue to figure out even further which of those is working, then we're going to move into augmenting, and this is in the the scale creative stage where we're now augmenting with placements, lengths, and even considering investing in higher resource with that. And so to tie it all into each other, from left to right, if we're looking through that, these are our inputs. So we're putting inputs of creative type and modality, modality. We're, we're putting those through and then we are feeding back the outputs, which are ultimately the results of those campaigns. And if we continue feeding that back and feeding it back and continuing to test, you're gonna be able to break through new spend thresholds, I promise. I'll tell you what, we uh, we ended, I, I interviewed a, a, I interviewed someone on the podcast not too long ago that was getting stuck at certain spend thresholds. Once he figured out the creatives that resonated and he went through tons and tons of iterations of different types and different modalities and different hooks and different, you're talking different videos and how-to and product in action, all all of these different things, found the one that worked and that's what took them to a seven-figure business like that. They were able to get to the point of actually spending seven figures a month on Facebook ads by simply cracking the code on this creative. So we see creative as the largest uh, factor in conversion, not only click, but conversion, and so it's so important, and what most people do is they are basic with it, they aren't diversified, they don't sprout anything, and so they just try to scale what is not really proven, and then they wonder why their campaigns aren't doing well. So really make sure you're diversifying, you're expanding, you're augmenting, and if you do all of this, it's gonna help you have a lot uh, more, a, a much more profitable ads account. You have been listening to the E-Commerce Alley podcast produced by Dylan Counts. If you wanna watch this video, I encourage you to go watch it on YouTube. And we're gonna go ahead, we'll include a link 
We'll include a link uh, to the workbook that I was actually using this because we did a whole session for our clients with this. And you'll be able to see some visuals of different ad examples by type, like lifestyle, unbox, like all of those different types that I covered. You're gonna be able to kind of see those visually and you're gonna be able to see the entire chart that I made here. Uh, please subscribe on YouTube. Leave us a rate rating uh, on whatever podcast app you're listening to and we'll see you in the next episode. Hey guys, it's Josh. Thanks for listening to the audio version of the e-commerce alley. Did you know that we actually have an amazing set in high quality video production that gets posted on YouTube every single week? If you've never watched the e-commerce alley on YouTube, you have to go to alleypodcast.com slash YouTube to check it out. Once again, thank you for listening to this podcast and we hope you enjoy this episode.